Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. Today, my guest is Justin Chen, and he is the co-founder over at PicFu. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. All right, Justin. So today's topic, improving success with consumer insights. Let me tell you, a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, executives listen to this, and uh, that is a hot topic. So I know we're in uh, LA recording this right now, and it is raining hard outside. I think, did they say a state of emergency, I think, last night or something? My mom called me at like 9 p.m., and I'm like, she never calls me that late. I was like, yeah. who, di- who died? No, everybody's fine. She's like, she's like, are you floating away? Are you staying dry over there? Yeah, yeah. It's on flood watch, state of emergency, but the kids still got to go to school. Luckily, I'm working at home for me, so uh, I'm sure you're probably the same. Send the kids out to the wild while you're at home. Look at that. No, I'm just. <laughs> oh man! So in, improving success with consumer insights. So, so how did you get obsessed with consumer insights? Where did that start for you? Yeah, so my co-founder and I were building our own business, a different business, years ago, and it was a website, mm-hmm. and we were working on a redesign for it. And how long ago? When you say years ago, how long? Oh ago? gosh, roughly, this roughly. was like 2008. Uh, yeah, we that's a, a long time ago. Yeah. That's a long that's time ago. Context. Yeah. No, that's great context though, because it shows you've been at this a while. For some people, a long time ago is like, yeah, pre-pandemic. That's not that long ago. We got a little age on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so we were working on a redesign. We couldn't decide between the two of us. So we wanted to gather some feedback. You know, we wanted to go talk to actual strangers, maybe go to a coffee shop. But being engineers and introverts, we both didn't want to do that. So we we built a solution mm. to essentially be a digital focus group so that we could put up different options in front of an, a random audience and get unbiased feedback about which designs they like and also give us written explanations why. And that was kind of the genesis of the original version of FakeFu. And so it kind of like sat as a side project for a number of years. And, you know, we saw entrepreneurs using it for, for different idea validation type things. And then it just started taking up steam on its own. And we started getting all this great customer feedback. We're like, wow, I didn't realize I could gather consumer research. I thought it was just for the, the big companies and all this kind of stuff. And so we decided to pivot all of our attention over about five or six years ago full-time on to take food and, and really start mm. evolving the product and, and growing it. And so now we've got people in all kinds of industries using it to gather any kind of insights, whether it's uh, comparative or just open-ended feedback on their, on their creatives and their ideas and really making a big impact on their business outcomes. Mm. How long into it were you before you decided to go full-time? Oh, let's see. Probably, it was probably like sitting you. around for about 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I like that. And the reason I bring that up too, by the way, is because there's, you know, there'll be people that listen to this and there's, I, I always try to stress, there's no one way to do entrepreneurship, right? Not everybody yeah. has to, your story may, may have been otherwise where you're like, ah, we quit and we did everything and, you know, it was crazy. I mean, that's one way to do it. But what you just now said, that's another way to do it. So I just like to propose different thought processes yeah. to my audience. So that's why I ask you, not saying there's a right or wrong way, but how did you know it was time to go full time? Like what was the, what if there was a lead up or was there a moment or? There was kind of a moment, but I think, you know, through that entire time period of, of those 10 mm-hmm. years or so, we were definitely working on it and iterating on, on the side. Yeah. So we were, we were trying to grow it. We were improving the product and, 
And I think the benefit of taking that long time period is that you you kind of internalize a lot of insights and, and um, practices from talking to a lot of customers, trying different things, seeing what works yeah. and what doesn't work. In that early stage, actually, a lot of our initial customers were authors testing book titles and book covers. And it was a very wow. good it was a very good industry for us to get our feet wet with kind of like industry specific marketing and kind of going after like a core smaller set of users as opposed to trying to appeal to everyone. So that was pretty formative, I think, in our in the evolution of the business. But the tipping point for us was actually around 2018, 2019, we started getting mentioned by some e-commerce kind of influencers, podcasts at conferences as a really insightful tool to help them make better product decisions. And so selling on Amazon is a very popular way to to do entrepreneurship now. And so we kind of started riding that wave of a lot of people selling on Amazon, a lot of people selling on Shopify. And we started getting inserted into a lot of different courses as a great way to validate product decisions. So whether that's product concepts or branding or packaging design, all the way down to your marketing images. So, you know, the images that show up on the Amazon search results, a lot of our customers are testing those kinds of images to make sure that they're the most appealing image to get the click to their listing. And so that was the big inflection point for us to decide that, okay, there's a lot of legs to this and let's really go hard at it and and try to grow the business as much as possible. Let's go further into that, by the way. Why should, whether it's authors or if you if you want to use that original product market fit, so to speak, that you had, yep. or whether it's another market you want to use as an example, like why should we be looking at consumer insight? Yeah, it really just de-risks your investment. So anything that you're going to be putting a lot of money or time into, so, you know, for example, a, a book, uh, when you publish it and you actually publish the physical book, like you're not able to live test it, things that you're not able to live test. So whether you're developing products and actually creating packaging and physical products and putting it into inventory, you're not able to live test those things. If you're if you're doing a website, sure, you can do some live testing, you can make some tweaks and things like that. But as you're doing this other kind of development, you're you're risking a lot of capital and time, honestly. Like it, you know, you might be selling the same product for for a whole year or so. Mm-hmm. So not having any insights is incredibly detrimental. And so what we found actually, a lot of our customers started learning about us through the use case of improving their marketing imagery. So like, oh, you know, why don't I just improve my main image? I'm not getting a lot of clicks. And so they'll Mm -hmm. come to us, they run a a short form survey, which is what we do. So a single question, and they'll ask like, which one would you click on? They'll put up their main image, maybe the competitor's main image, just to understand why they might not be getting the clicks. But invariably, the feedback they get, the written feedback that they get is about some other core aspect. So, oh, I don't like your branding. I don't like your, your packaging, your... You know, your your product design is not as good as the competitors. And these are all very core issues that mm. if they had gathered feedback earlier in the process, they would be avoiding this issue of unsold inventory. And so you don't want to wait until that moment of truth or bad reviews on your product to discover that, oh, wow, this brand name that I came up with in a bubble, yeah. you know, because I thought it was cool, like yeah. really doesn't resonate with my target market. And that goes for yeah. every aspect, right? That could be your branding. That could be your product. That could be your book title, your book cover. You know, as yep. any author knows that they're they're always tied to <laughs> whatever title they came up with, and they probably have a very specific cover that they love, but that's not always what's going to resonate with their target mm-hmm. reader. That's amazing. And so, how how can businesses gather consumer insights? Like, how how does that work? 
So what we've done is we've built a platform that's kind of like very short form surveys. So traditionally, the way that some people have done this is they run ads. So Tim Ferriss kind of popularized it with For Our Work Week, mm-hmm. where he said he used the you know Google ads to test out some of the titles. You can definitely do that. It's you know a little bit costly, a little bit hard to set up, and and it's kind of done in public. So that that's not something that a lot of people like to do. Uh, yeah. Other ways that people validate things is they they buy ads to landing pages or things like that. So what we've done instead is we we created a very short form surveys where you ask a single question. You can put up a few different creative options that you want pe- people to get feedback on. And what we do is we tap into the same consumer panels that any large CPG, like a Kraft or a Procter & Gamble might use for their long-form research. We tap into those same panels and we we stitch them all together with our own layer of data quality and audience targeting on top of that. And we pay them to come and respond to these very quickly. So we'll ask, we'll pose the same question that you ask us to them and they'll choose which book cover they like. They'll vote on it, they'll give written explanations, they'll give demographic information. And all this happens really quickly. So within the matter of, you know, 15, 30 minutes, you'll get all these people giving you feedback and you could target them as well. So you could say, oh, I want dog owners or, you know, females who take nutritional supplements or something like that. And so you can really hone in on on your target audience and get the relevant feedback that you need. And so once people discover that this is a possibility, it really opens up a lot of opportunities to start gathering all kinds of feedback. So it doesn't even have to be things that you have creatives on. It could be as open-ended as, hey, if you've got a dog, like what issues do you have with, you know, the bedding, your your pet yeah. your pet beds? And what, what could I improve? That might give you a lot of interesting product ideas. And so the way you, we tell people to think about it is it really is a digital focus group. So we've all seen focus groups, you know, on TV mm-hmm. and, and have our own ideas of what they are. And so if you had access to a group of your target audience and you could talk to them, mm-hmm. you could ask them any open-ended question, you could present different options to them. What would you ask? And that's that's what we're trying to provide to people. What are some of the sizes like of, of a focus group? Like what is that? What do numbers look like? I'm curious. Yeah. So or, or a range. On our, or a range. Yeah, yeah. On our platform, we range anywhere from 15 to 500. I would say mm-hmm. the most common is around 50. We find that to yeah. be like, a pretty good sweet spot of fast enough and good enough data. I think if you're iterating on very small changes, like a lot of times people will iterate on font changes or small color tweaks, mm-hmm. you could even go as low as 15 because, you know, if you, if you're getting 12 to three in a certain direction, that's, that's directionally, yeah. you know, strong enough. So it's quite flexible in that depending on how large of a magnitude of a, a decision you're making, you, you know, you could go higher, 100, 200, 500 mm-hmm. responses. But if you're testing small things, you can go lower. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. And then do you see variations of people also doing this like on social media and otherwise for those that feel it's appropriate to test some things, maybe publicly like a book or something like that, if they feel like it is? Do you see that? as Yeah, well? definitely. Yeah, we see a lot of people doing that um, on Facebook groups. There's a lot of like community Facebook groups mm-hmm. and people t- testing their their ideas or their their covers. We see a lot of gaming companies like, you know, indie gamers testing out characters in, in communities like, hey, what do, what do you guys think about this? Yeah. Or in sub, a lot of subreddits have a lot of those kind of polls, informal community polls. And so yeah. if you're if you're comfortable I doing that, in fun, public, that word, I think that's by a the great way. The way. one that you mentioned, the community word, like that's, a, yeah. I feel like it, it, it gives you just options for engaging your community as well. Like I've kind of seen some people do it pretty well in that in that manner. And so when I see something like this, I, I think 
obviously somebody doesn't have to stop doing that, but this gives you a more formalized focus group that you know are your right target audience, right? So then it's just yep. kind of like a step above doing it, you know, kind of kind of willy-nilly, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think if you already have a pretty dedicated community of of, of fans, then I think it's a yeah. great way to do community engagement to to get them involved because it gets them more vested into, you know, your product decisions. And mm-hmm. I know that, that, you know, engenders more loyalty. Um, but yeah. there are definitely always going to be some things that you don't, you don't want to test in public, even if you do have that community. Oh, for sure. And, and, for sure. and there's the fatigue and as well. Right? That, like, and assuming that your community are the ones that actually purchase from you as well, because I'll give you an exactly. example. Mission, Mission Matters, I mean, we do quite a bit of uh, obviously podcast content um, and other content, but are those our most profitable clients, the individuals listening to the podcast and the shows? I mean, we make advertising revenue, that kind of thing, sure. But our, our target market is a completely different like thing in terms of what we attract and what we actually market to. So if we were to ask our community, quote unquote, uh, you know, what do you think about this? It's like, hey, vote with your dollars then, buddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, this is awesome, Justin. This is good. I mean, you got you got my wheels turning. I'm sure that a lot of the audience that are listening are envisioning and imagining what they could do if they could use PicFu and also, you know, figure out what like running these tests focus groups would be like. That being said, first off, it's been great having you on the show. Second, how do people follow up? I know we, there's only so much we could do in a podcast up. So how, how do people follow up and learn and engage with the platform? Sure. So we are, we're always trying to make PicFu um, as easy to use as possible. So you can go to PicFu.com. You can sign up for free, create a free account. And in that onboarding process, you'll actually be able to run a free five response poll so that you can experience um, the kind of value um, that you can get from actual people. And I, it, it's one of those things where I could talk about it all day, but until you actually try it and see people writing about your particular product and, and your particular idea, uh, that's when it's really going to click for you. So I definitely encourage people to go try it out for free. Um, no credit card needed to sign up. So that's the best way to check it out. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Amazing. That website, one more time. PickFu, P-I-C-K-F-U dot com. Wonderful. And we'll be, and for everybody listening, we'll put that in the show notes. So you can just click on the link and head right on over. And speaking to the listeners, those new listeners out there, if you haven't hit that, if you haven't hit that subscribe button, I don't know, pick it. <laughs> hit, hit that button. We got we got many. It's not, it's not going to bite you. Don't worry. It's okay. It's just a subscribe button. We want you to come back and enjoy more of the amazing guests we have on the show day in and day out. We're working hard for you over here. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're feeling really generous to Day, leave a review too. I won't be mad at you for that. Justin, thanks again so much for coming on the show. We appreciate all you're doing. Thank you, Adam.